that it didn't update it. Okay, we appear to be good now. Throw me a little audio there, good buddy. Buddy, yeah. What? Yeah. All right, we are perfect. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Down the Middle. This podcast is brought to you by the Arate Podcast Network. We'll touch on them later, but right now we're going to get into the thick of it with our all-out preview, which is more like an ongoing Um as we predicted, this card appears to be an absolute just random shit show. But on the pre-show, which explained to me how a an hour-long pre-show had three matches in it. And I would like to point out to everyone, including the pre-show, there are 13 matches on this card, which follows AEW's tendency to make pay-per-views that are way too long. But first, we had an over-the-budget charity battle royale, whatever that means. Um, Hangman Page won it, and I think that means he gets to go for the AEW title, if I remember correctly. Hmm. I'm not sure on that one. I believe so. Not surprising. Well, but it's funny, haven't we been here before? Yeah. Like it's yeah. All yeah. Making it a loop all the way back around. <laughs> well, not completely all around because, well, you know, elephant in the room, everybody already knows. Uh, CM Punk got released as per the statement from Co- Tony Khan, and I almost said Coney Ton. Tony Khan and AEW that was, uh, he announced first thing on Rampage, not Rampage, sorry, on Collision on Saturday. And uh, yeah, so I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised. Because I'll, I'll be real, I probably would have been one of them. I wouldn't have bought a ticket to this all out anyway because the card is eh. But I wouldn't be surprised if some people just don't show up in protest. Um, so that already tried to happen with um, at Collision. Um, so the word came out already before Collision that Punk was getting released. Right, I think they released the statement on, like, that social morning. media. Yeah, Yeah, that morning. Well, um, I seen a picture and video of people trying to bring in crowd signs for CM Punk, and they were taking them away. Yep, I saw that video, which, listen, I'm all for... I've never been a fan of having signs taken away. Actually, when I... <laughs> it was like, it had to do with CM Punk, too. This is the best part. Um... A bunch of my friends and I, I think this is back in like 2007, uh, we went to, I believe it was a SmackDown and an ECW, but ECW was first. Because it went, they taped ECW and then they went live on SmackDown. Uh, my buddy Nick, because Punk has the Pepsi tattoo, my buddy Nick just made an RC Cola sign. Which we thought, that's hilarious. But he showed it for two seconds and then this was... This was the second, no, this was the third sign we got taken away because we were, the first signs we got taken away were us holding up uh, signs that had our show name, our internet show, Weekly Wrestling Wrap-Up, which is bullshit because WrestleTalk 
and a bunch of those other people do the same thing. <laughs> so, and then he had a he had a tab sign as well. But then by the time he got the RC Cola sign, the guy came to take it and he just goes and he just handed it to him. <laughs> yeah. But, I, here's here's my opinion on it and here's like what I've collectively thought about the whole situation. First off, in my opinion, Jack Perry started it. But, but, um, Punk to, took it to an extent that shouldn't have been taken to. Agreed. And we'll be touching more on that after we get to get through this card real quick. Um, the second pre-show match, we had a six-woman tag team match with Hikaru Shida, Willow Nightingale, and Sky Blue defeating the likes of Athena, Mercedes Martinez, and Diamante. And then on the third pre-show match, which I think, based on the time, I think this might have actually just been the first match of the pay-per-view and they just mislabeled it on the list that I've got. The Acclaimed defeated Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Jay Lethal for the AEW Trios Championships. Now, have you seen that belt, though? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I would buy one of them. I love it. That's, yeah, that's... uh. And then, according to my list, this is the first match on the pay-per-view. But, like I said, I'm willing to bet because I'm not watching it live. I'm not paying for that travesty. Um, this was either the first match on the main show or the second, depending upon if my list is accurate or not. But either way, this should not... This really shouldn't be on a pay-per-view again. Uh, we have Better Than You, Bebe, defending their Ring of Honor tag team titles for some reason. Because the AEW World Championship is not being defended at all out. Because they have poor planning skills. Like, I don't want to believe that whoever's in charge of booking AEW Tony Khan. But even the people around him, I don't, I I can't believe that they were so short-sighted and stupid to not realize that all out was one week after they'd scheduled all in. But I don't know, but I don't know which is worse if they just, this pay-per-view feels like an afterthought though. So I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they were just like, oh shit, we have a pay-per-view booked the next week. Like I said, Uh, I'm not sure which one is worse. I completely spaced what I was going to say. Well, they spaced a pay-per-view, so. But anyway, as no surprise to anyone, a 14-minute match where the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles are being defended on a pay-per-view, but the World Championship is not. Obviously, better than you, Bebe defeated the Dark Order, who, I'll be real, I forgot they were even there. Uh, Next, Samoa Joe defeated Shane Taylor, whoever that is, for the Ring of Honor World Television title, and we should be close to up to speed and then the next match we have for some reason is luchasaurus versus darby allen for the AEW TNT championship that was a i guess it kind of makes sense because they just had the casket match it was no they didn't that wasn't them our darby allen and sting had a casket match yeah 
Yeah, but was it against it was against Christian Cage and Rich Swan? Rich Swan. <laughs> uh, no, Swerve Strickland and oh god, who was the other person they had? I don't know. It's not important. Um, I, I I don't care, but I have a feeling that if it was anybody but Darby Allen, I would say Luchasaurus is going to retain. But I think Darby Allen might actually win it. You know what the streak Darby Allen has? He maybe he may win it. Yeah, I'm. I've also got Twitter, uh, because the other kind of dirty little secret is that if you're an AEW fan and don't want to, oh, this is interesting. Um, if you're an AEW fan, you can watch the entire pay per view on Twitter or social media because they post it like immediately after it happens. Uh, but here's interesting. I just loaded Twitter and Andrade El Idolo. As the following tweet. Thank you, at CM Punk, hashtag AEW Collision. I hope we meet again, but face-to-face in the ring. We have a pending match. Fist bump, Red X. And it has a picture of both of them uh, together. With And there's a TV in the background with Orange Cassidy on it. For a second, I thought that'd be hilarious if WWE was playing on the TV that's in the background. <laughs> hmm, that is interesting. Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, it's weird because I don't really care, but I, yeah, I think from a storytelling perspective, Luchasaurus will win it, but they'll cheat, but I wouldn't be shocked if Darby won it, because this entire card is pulled out of their ass, like, and explain to me, so the next match, Brian Danielson is cleared to wrestle. Why was he not at all in? Maybe there was no build-up for him. Maybe he wasn't cleared just yet. I don't know. May, maybe, but I don't know. But you got it's. It's been less than a week. <laughs> like, I mean, it'll be. It'll have been less than a week, or a week to the day, of the paper. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he wasn't cleared just before all in, and they didn't want to scramble. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But in one of the few, well, there's see, that's the problem with this card. A lot of these matches will be good, like, as far as in-ring work. But the booking's just not there. Yeah. So, like, this match will actually be good. Brian Danielson versus uh, Ricky Starks in a strap match. I see Brian Danielson winning it. Yeah. Especially being his first match back from injury. Yeah, and plus, they've, they've just got it set it up. They've just got it set up. Next, we've got Kenny Omega versus Kanosuke take a shit in a singles match, which, honestly, it'll be a good match. Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally think Kenny will win. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Kenny's going to win because it's just going to further the feud. Unless there's some kind of outside interference. Which it is Don Callis, so... I mean... Maybe, but again, I see. Yeah, I see Kenny winning that one. And then we've got a new Japan. I mean, a, an eight-man tag match. <laughs> Bullet Club Gold, along with the Guns. So I believe they're calling themselves the Bang Bang. Oh no, they joined Bullet Club Gold. But I like. I think they should have kept them separate. The 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 Gun Club and Bullet Club Gold, and called themselves as a as a quartet, the Bang Bang Gang. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but we got Bullet Club Gold, Austin and Colton Gunn, Jay White and Juice Robinson versus 
FTR and the Young Bucks, which, frankly, this should be a really good match. It's a shame there was... I think to book this match, there was a... I can't remember if it was on Dynamite or Collision. I think it was on Dynamite. There was like a two to three minute backstage segment that they shot that set this up. I'm not I'm not sure. I, I don't remember. I watched Dynamite and Collision today to make sure that I was up to speed for all this. So I just can't remember what show it was on. But yeah, it was basically FDR comes in and they're like, hey, Bucks, what was up with that disrespect? And they were like, yeah, sorry, we were just emotional, completely negating any heat they had. And then they're like, put her there, pal. We're good. And then Bullet Club Gold comes in and starts doing their, oh, we're heels. Oh, we're heels, we're heels, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, hey, how about we do a four-way tag at All Out because we have to book a pay-per-view in a week. Let's toss something together. Let's hit the random generate button and see what it gives us. Here's the thing, though. Honestly, in AEW, you have the talent pool to do that and still pull off a halfway decent show. Yeah. But that's but that's the issue. They book like Tony Khan books it like an indie. And, and I, I think he does that on purpose. I think he wants to. It's to it's t- it's TikTok booking. You're absolutely right. He wants the. He wants the this is awesome chance. He wants the retweets. He wants the just the the immediate flash in the pan effect. Whereas WWE, at least lately, is totally okay with literally dealing with fan hatred for months. Because I, I'm living proof. I've now come around to the Cody storyline because I think what they're building to. Well, it's it's like everybody's pointing out they're they're replicating the hard times storyline with Dusty. It makes sense. They're. It seems that they're going in that direction now. If CM Punk ends up back in WWE, holy crap! Can you imagine how much fun they're gonna have with that? Oh yeah. Now we'll talk about that later, whether we think that's actually going to happen or not. But um, yeah, I see FTR and the Bucks winning this because it's just gonna add fuel to their feud because you know they're going to keep doing it, which makes sense, makes perfect sense. Yeah, and like you said, it should be a solid match with, like, all the people that are in there. Like, Well, FTR's in there, so. Yeah, FTR's in there. That, that's all that matters. Uh, next we have Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs, which, again, should, should, be, be, a, should be a good match. It hasn't been booked for shit. But Not at all. it'll be a good match. And then we have another next. Um, I don't know. Who do you think will win this one? I think Miro's do. Um, I think I'd agree. I think Miro would be the one to win this. Either I that or maybe, maybe they'll go to a time limit draw. They could. They're two very big men. Actually, you know what I would like to see? I'd like to see them go to a time limit draw. And it ends with them smiling and shaking hands, and then all of a sudden you see the next tag team in AEW. Because how crazy dominant would that be? That'd Actually, be back a bit tag team though. They just I don't I just don't picture them together. I was gonna say better not do that though, because then who's realistically gonna be able to beat them? You might as well just put Christian Cage and Brian Cage together and name them the Cages, the Cage Effect. 
Cage Fury. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I got Miro winning that one, but if Hobbs won, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked with either one, to be honest. And then, coming out of the literal nowhere, Chris Statlander's defending the AEW TBS Championship against Ruby Soho. Um, I think she's going to retain. Now, I need to check something real quick, because I don't... I think she's going to retain too, but I think it's about... I think it's about due for Ruby to to win it. Yeah, but I'm and I apologize, I've got to check one thing real quick because I don't know is Jade Cargill still with the company? Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought she was still with the company. She was just time off. Yeah, just take time off. Yeah, I think Jade's due to come back. They they need her, frankly. <laughs> what makes is the forbidden door? Well, I think you. I think we might see a surprise Jade return. Which, you think so? Well, I think it's too soon to do it that way, but it's AEW, so I wouldn't be surprised. Because as as you, you all remember, that's how Statlander won the belt in the first place. Oh yeah, Jade think, Cargill's still on the roster. I think if Jade Cargill was going to come back, she should have came back at all in. Um. I think that card was already stacked. I, I'll be honest. I don't, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way. I don't think there was enough room for her. But all out's a good place for her to come back. Now to come back that way and get back at Satlander, I think it's too soon to do it that way. But to have her come back and announce her presence, I think might be worthwhile. But yeah, like I said, I see a lot of these matches. It's like I'm making a prediction, but I wouldn't be shocked if it went the other way because again, there's no booking. So yeah. There's no story to it. It's just thrown out there and, oh, who do you think? It's 50-50. I mean, really, yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked if Tony Khan just had, a, like, a, a magic eight ball. It's like, should Ruby Soho win? No. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, I see Statlander winning it. And then we have a tag team match, for, for fuck's sake. Eddie Kingston and Katsuyori Shibata versus the Blackpool Combat Club, consisting of Claudio, Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta. Why is this on a pay-per-view? This is literally a... Well, I'm not going to say it's a Rampage main event. It's a Collision main event. It's a Dynamite main event. Because just, again, nothing's been built... What's Eddie Kingston mad about? They won the stadium stampede. And you would think the Blackpool Combat Club would stop challenging people to stadium stampedes or anarchy in the anarchies in the arena because I don't think they want to won. No. Why do you that's that's like That's like going up to Michael Jordan and being like, Michael, dunking contest. He obviously wins, and then being like, hey Michael, next week, dunking contest. At what point do you stop? It beats me. Well, and I love how they're like the, the Blackpool combat, which this is a minor gripe, but it's one I'm going to address. Can Wheeler Yuta please stop? When they're doing backstage segments, can he please stop doing this in the background? I've noticed that too. What? Stop. And frankly, a lot of wrestlers do that, and it's like, guys... Less is more sometimes. 
You can stand in the back and look menacing without looking like a complete fucking idiot. Or the guys that are going... Stop. Take a page out of RVD's book. You can act like a normal human being. It's okay. You can still be mad. But you just don't have to be sitting there giving yourself a panic attack in the corner. And Luchasaurus, frankly, while we're on the subject, stop roaring at the end of... Stop. You're not a fucking dinosaur. We all know you're not a fucking dinosaur. Quit it. No, he is not. He is a dinosaur. He is not. Stop going... We know that you're just coloring your tongue and... Stop. You hurt my feelings now. I thought he was a dinosaur. Well, he's a liar, too, then. <laughs> so you're telling me he's a liar and not a dinosaur? Yes, he is a liar and not a dinosaur. This is baloney. Well, just going with the current track record, I say Kingston and Shibata are going to win it because the Blackpool Combat Club, for being a combat club made up of the best fighters in the industry, they lose more than they win. Exactly. And why, let's be why are we still doing this gimmick? They named it the Blackpool Combat Club because William Regal, and as soon as Triple H got back control, William Regal was like, see ya, Bye. chaps. It's Bye. Like, it's like, why? Can we stop this nonsense? Because they all have their separate feuds anyway. They always do. And then all their feuds come together somehow, and then they do that stupid-ass stadium stampede where they do war the... Um, not war game, blood, but, uh, blood and guts. Blood and guts. And it's like, why? That's another thing. Have they won a blood and guts? No! Stop fighting! Choose what another profession. God! Be uh, a carpenter or something. Jesus, do something with your life. I don't want Moxley anywhere near power tools. That could be a fucking disaster. Or razor blade. Well, any, anything sharp or capable of causing bodily harm. You know what? I just want him to live in a bubble. Oh, dude. You know what would be a hilarious but genuinely good gimmick for a little while for Moxley? Make him, make him a bubble boy. No. Put him in the suit like the movie and make John Moxley a bubble boy. How would he wrestle? That's the person, the, to, the person would have to crawl in the ball with them, and you just see him rolling around the ring. No, you'd you'd have to win by count out or something, just like a turtle. Just put him on his back, spin him around, and then wait for the ten count. Why me? Oh lord! We just had ourselves a Jim Cornette Brian last moment. I felt Jim coming out. Oh god! Oh god! I would love, love, love if Jim Cornette got a hold of that and like make John Moxley a fucking bubble boy. Not gonna lie, I would watch AEW every single week if John if they put John Moxley in a bubble. And he, like the best part is he'd be trying to get out, like he'd be grabbing razor blades and all. Oh, dude, that's what they could do with it. Perfect way to no hold on, hold on. The perfect, perfect way to do it is every week there's a promo where Moxley gets in the bubble 
but every week he tries to hide a razor blade or something in like his pants or something, but he gets patted down before he gets in and every week there's one in there. Oh, that, and then like during matches he tries to, like he tries to bring out barbed wire or something sharp to try to pop the bubble, but they always stop him from doing it. Yes. Oh my God. Tony, we just gave you at least three months of programming. Come on, buddy. That's that's what you do. That's what you do. You say that the network has new censorship guidelines, and part of the stipulation is that John Moxley isn't allowed to bleed. So Tony Khan tells him for all his matches, he's got to get in a bubble. Oh my god! I can't do it. Oh, I can't do it. Somebody could actually swing a bat properly at him, though. You're not wrong. And not one of these, you know, which nobody ever handles a bat, ever. Um, but now we come to the most disappointing aspect of this pay-per-view, which is, according to my list, is the main event, which I cannot believe. Just just put the damn world title on Orange Cassidy already. You know you want to do it. Just rip the Band-Aid off and kill the company. Just do it. Because for some reason, at All Out, they're anniversary of all in the wrestling show that started it all we have orange cassidy defending the aew all atlantic i mean international championship against john moxley why why is the international title the main event of a pay-per-view that the world title is not even on this pay-per-view, I'm convinced, if I see evidence to the contrary, I think I'll actually be even more disappointed. This pay-per-view was thrown together at the last minute because they realized they were sitting, oh, yeah, so uh, what do we got going on for T? Well, we got to prep some stuff for All Out. All Out, what? Oh, God. There was a promo with uh, MJF and Adam Cole where MJF says he's taking a week off to defend the world title. Eh. Yeah, but so that's that's and he's still on the pay-per-view, but for some reason they see fit to have the AEW world champion defend the Ring of Honor tag titles instead of the AEW championship on the pre-show on the pre-show. No, well, no, actually, I think that was the first that was either the first or second match of the card, depending on if this list I have is right. It's listed as the first match on the card, which I think MJF is just asking to be the first match on every pay-per-view so he can just leave. I don't blame him. <laughs> so he can just go home. Um, yeah, Orange Cassidy's going to keep the stupid fucking belt. Like I said, just give him the world title already. Get it over with. Just give him CM Punk's. Yeah, there you go. It's just, do you want to go through the entirety of All In, or do you want to just touch on? Well, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's start. I mean, we could kind of do a speed through it. Yeah, we'll do a speed through. But I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go in reverse order because the pre-show actually ties into what we're going to spend the bulk of our time talking about. So we'll speed through. Obviously, everybody knows that MJF defeated Adam Cole. Um, 
You watched it. I did not. So any thoughts on that match? The only thing I saw was the bit they did with the chair, and then MJF just shrugs and put the chair on him. So it was definitely a solid match. It was a really good match. As, um, as we expected it to be. So what was cool about the match, to be honest, is the match ended real fast and within, like, a couple minutes. And then MJF, like, freaked out and said, that's not how this match is going to finish. Like, he's the, not... the one wrestler on the roster who would be totally okay with that happening. And he's like, well, this isn't happening. We're going to restart the match. We're going to do this the right way. And then they restarted the match, and then they finished off the match. But yeah. Roger did get involved, like we discussed. And um, MJF came, came on top, but like Roger Strong, he was shocked why Adam Cole chose MJF over him. And we haven't heard anything between Roderick and Adam Cole that I know of on Dynamite or anything. Of- um, they touched on it. Again, I don't remember if it was Dynamite or Collision, but Adam Cole did a promo, in-ring promo, and Roddy Strong and the Kingdom were out there. Roderick Strong announced that even with his bad neck, he's going to enter the Battle Royal to, for the, to get a chance to face MGF for the AEW Championship. But as we now know... Hangman Page won that match, so I don't know where they're going with this, but but yeah. So they did have a kerfuffle of sorts, but yeah. But yeah, so nothing came of it. But uh, I honestly, like, I didn't realize it happened that early. That seems kind of cheap to have. I mean, why are they turning MJF into a babyface? I don't know. Hopefully, this is some master plan, which if MJF is involved, it probably is. I mean, it's entertaining, so I'll give it that, but... I mean... I still think Adam Cole is going to turn. He's still doing the whole, what like, what he did to uh, Kyle O'Reilly at NXT, where he pat him on the back, and then he switched into this to do the stab in the heart. Or stabbing in the back, whatever it is. And he did that to Kyle O'Reilly when he turned on him. And he's doing the same thing he's doing at MJF. So they're going to turn MJF babyface so WWE doesn't want him in 2024. Got it. Exactly. Now it all makes sense. Um, But yeah, we know MJF won. And then this is also where the acclaimed defeated House of Black for the six-man or the trios titles. Um, the only thing I heard about was Anthony Bowens doing a leg drop spot on uh, Julia Hart's crotch. Yes. Ag- yep. Again, why? Like, just why? Uh, the crowd popped for it, so they got over what they wanted. Would the crowd have still popped for the match, though, had they not done that? And, like, why does Julia Hart keep letting them talk her into doing stupid shit? Because she's almost died at least once, maybe twice. I'm not sure. And it's like, why are you going to let a 200-plus-pound man drop his foot on your fucking vagina? Like, I know I know the weight's not coming down there, but if there's a mishap, like, Why? 
I'm not sure. And for what? Once again, for what? What did that accomplish other than a really cheap pop, which may or may not have happened anyway? No idea. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the acclaimed, but that seems like a Max Caster idea, and that was one that should have been vetoed. But whatever, you know. it's Nobody got hurt. The acclaimed has kick-ass title belts. Sweet titles. I love them. I, they are. I like them. I saw the scissors on there. I'm like, that's... That's wonderful. I, I loved it when I seen it. Um, and as we predicted, Will Ospreay defeated Jericho from what I understand was a pretty pretty good match. Um, I didn't see much of this match. I saw a couple clips here and there, but, but from what I saw, like... <laughs> It was great. But yeah, so, uh, I mean, Jim Cornette gave it the stamp of approval, so that that means something. Um, and then prior to that, Darby Allen and Sting defeated Christian Cage and Swerve Str Oh, you're right, it was Christian Cage. I know they switched something. They switched yeah. out AR Fox in that match. Who knows why? Did AR Fox get injured or something? I don't know. But um, I'm not sure. Darby Allen and Sting defeated Christian Cage and Swerve Strickland in a tag team coffin match. Uh, from what I understand, uh, it was kind of a mess from what I had heard. Um. So I do have to agree on that. I think it was... It was a mess at points. At points, um, I shouldn't say the whole thing was a mess, but yeah, at points it was it was a mess. Um, Sting gave um, uh, Swerve Strickland a scorpion death drop on top of the casket. That's what I had heard. Now I heard that gross. Do what? It was gross. <laughs> like in a good way, gross. Like oh my god. Yeah, yeah, but. Um... I don't know. In the com let us know in the comments if you watched All In and you liked it. Um, I imagine most people are watching All Out right now, so you probably only see this afterward. Um, and then prior to that, we saw Soraya, which actually, in hindsight, this made perfect sense. I don't know why. I feel stupid. Because it's like, it do what? We called that though. No, I think you did. I think I called. Maybe we kind of called it. I don't remember, but I should have. Oh, go ahead. I believe you said it was Sarah Page. I remember saying that I wouldn't be surprised if Saraya won it, but um, I know I, it could have been that. But I do remember saying that it, I believe Page was going to win it. But if she did, she'd have to turn on one of the ones that were close to her. Yeah, I think you said that. I think I was a little bit more... Um, I think I said Sheeta was actually going to retain it, but I, I'm probably misremembering. But um, in hindsight, I feel dumb because for some reason I didn't put it together. They're in England. Paige is from... Paige. Soraya's from England. It, it makes perfect sense for her to win it there. Um, and by her... Not even turning on, but by her beating Tony Storm in the match... Um, but she, I don't remember who said she pinned. It just says that she defeated Sheeta, Baker, and Storm via pinfall. But 
regardless, she has to go against her friend, so that causes room for the story to progress in probably the way that makes the most sense possible. So uh, I'm going to count that as an L for me. I think you called Soraya, but in hindsight, yeah, I should have called Soraya. That makes that makes perfect sense. And, and then prior to that, we already talked about the stadium stampede match, so I'm not even going to go into it. We know what happened, but 21 and a half minutes. Oof. Um, prior to that, we saw FTR defeat the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Titles, which we were dead wrong on that one. I thought for sure the Bucks were going to win them. We were wrong again, yeah. I, I swore the Young Bucks would have won it. Now, I have heard, these are completely unsubstantiated and unfounded, but came from Twitter, so who knows if it's accurate or not. Now, I had heard that Tony Khan had made some last-minute changes to that card, one of which was having FTR go over in that match. Hmm. Now, again, I heard all this after the fact, so who knows? It may very well be BS, but... Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I did, I never have I'd never heard that one. Um, prior to that, we saw Bullet Club Gold get a win over the Golden Elite, which Bullet Club Gold was Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Kanosuke take a shit with the guns in their corner versus Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and Kota Ibushi. And prior to that, which was the opening match on the main show was CM Punk defeating Samoa Joe for the pin uh, for the for the pinfall for the real world championship which I'm given to understand that was a really good match. I I seen this one. It was it was it was a good match. It was definitely a Ring of Honor throwback. Well, of course. Um, I did see the bit where uh Punk did the Cena thing and then lapsed into Hulk Hogan. Yes, which I thought was hysterically funny. Well, what I thought was funny when uh, Punk went for a dive, or I, I don't know if it was a dive or a flip something, or something, and Joe Joe brought back the. Well, no, no, no. He caught him and then he swung him to the announce table, and broke to underneath the announce table, and Punk fell on the inside of it. <laughs> like the whole announce table didn't collapse; like the front panel of it broke. <laughs> he just went it, in. Yeah, he just went into it. That's awesome. <laughs> But again, so CM Punk just illustrated how you can have comedy in a wrestling match that doesn't kill the business, for lack of a better term. Because he's incapacitated Joe to the point where he can do a John Cena reference and then lapses into Hulk Hogan, just a little bit of fun, and then goes for a leg drop. Instead of... Which, again, this stuff has its place, so I'm probably unjustly cutting it up. But instead of, let's say, being in a ring with somebody the size of Wardlow, putting your hands in your pockets and fake kicking him in the shins until he gets fed up with your shit. Just, yeah, not Just for example. Now, we're going to... Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, I, I was I was just gonna say. Now we're gonna we're gonna play with the time stream a bit. The first match in the pre-show was better than you, Bebe, winning 
the Ring of Honor World Championship against uh, Aussie Open. I mean, we figured that we knew that was going to happen. But what may have been the most infamous moment of the night on the on the pre-show, the free pre-show. Jack Perry loses the FTW title to Hook. Now, one thing, I'm just going to give people some backstory here because there's there's different accounts, but again, this is coming from uh, the Jim Cornette experience. Apparently, what happened was at a collision, Jack Perry wanted to use real glass in some kind of angle or backstage segment, whatever. He was told by multiple people, including, from what I understand, Tony Schiavone, that he could not do that, and he apparently, Jack Perry, apparently said, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. At which point, I believe they said it was Tony, but someone went to Punk and said, can you talk to him and tell him he can't do this? So Punk apparently told Jack Perry, this is when he allegedly said, we don't do that on Saturday nights. It's stupid. You're not going to do it. And Jack Perry apparently got a burr in his ass over it and decided that it would be a good idea on live pay-per-view to look straight at the camera and reference something that happened in real life that the audience shouldn't know about, but because of social media, everyone knew exactly what he was talking about. And then gets himself thrown into a car windshield. Now, here's the funniest part. So he was told that they weren't going to use real glass because it was not worth it because of the risk of legitimate injury. Jack Perry cut his back on the real glass. Was it worth it? On the fucking pre-show? I'm not sure. Now, if you're main eventing a pay-per-view, go nuts. Hell, even if the FTW title on the card, I mean, whatever. <laughs> now, the part that's confusing for me, though, and I don't know if it was part of the set or not, he had to have gotten approval to do it, though, because the car was there. Yeah. But what I don't think he got, or what really caused the controversy, was the fact that he was, you know, giving Punk the middle finger without giving Punk the middle finger. Now, allegedly, which again, accounts vary, but the most common version of the story I've heard is that Punk is in Gorilla because his match is next, and Tony Khan is at Gorilla because he's watching the show as per usual. Jack Perry comes through the curtain, and Punk asks him, is there something... Like, we got a problem here. Is there something you want to say to me? Blah, 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 blah. Jack Perry mouths off. Punk puts him in a front, cho a front uh, chin lock. And apparently during the scuffle, it's my understanding that some things were knocked over, including a monitor or two. And apparently this caused Tony Khan to piss his pants so hard that his tampon fell out. And apparently feared for his life. Which, more on that in a moment. But before we get deeper into that, Brian, have you ever found yourself with a lot of great ideas about 
different perspectives, things that you feel like the world should hear about. But you just don't know, like, maybe to start a podcast. But you just don't know how to start. True. I assume you found yourself in this situation before. Well, Brian, I'm happy to tell you that there is a place that you can turn if you want or need help launching your podcast, no matter how big or how small, the Arate Podcast Network is here to help you. And yes, this podcast is part of the Arate Podcast Network, and they can we can be as involved or not involved as you want. But if you join the Arate Podcast Network, you can have unlimited help and support in setting your podcast up, how to distribute it, how to edit videos and shorts if you don't already know how to do so. You're featured on Arate's website every time you upload a live podcast or video to YouTube or whatever platform you prefer to use. You also have access to our unlisted tutorial videos walking you through every step that you may or may not need, but they are all there. And just announced the private Discord server where all of the creators in the Arte Podcast Network have a place to ask direct questions of each other, plug some of their stuff, even sponsorship information, all in one convenient location. So now you officially have no excuse. If you want to start your podcast, get a hold of Arte Podcast Network today. Link is in the description, aratemedia.org. Now... Where were we? So, uh, and this is where some conflicting elements come in, because there were also reports that after this happened, Jack Perry was asked to leave the building, and then Punk was not accosted, but Punk was talking to security and basically asked, like, would it be, are you going to make me leave? And they said no, and he said, would it be easier if I left? And they said yes. And then he allegedly went back to his hotel room and bought food for some of the other wrestlers. Now, in between that and that, Allegedly, Punk and Miro had a verbal altercation, but then accounts came out that it was a joke. Like, Punk ran into Miro and was like, do we have a problem? We need to take this outside. And apparently they were laughing. So, uh, a lot of stuff that you said I had heard. Um, now, what, what did Jack Perry say in the ring that happened? Uh, he tapped on the glass and said, you know, real glass, <laughs> cry me a river. That, yes, but I'm talking about when you said uh, Jack Perry came out and said something that not a lot of people know. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no, 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 no. When I said the audience shouldn't know, right? That's what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, he's referencing something that didn't happen on television, but the only reason people know about it is because of social media. Oh, you're okay, okay. Yeah, this should have been a closed-door intercompany affair. And before we get into the nitty-gritty of all this, I will once again reinforce that nobody here is blameless from what I can tell, but there is one person who has central fault, and that once again is Tony Khan. Exactly. Tony Khan at no point took... This is going back a literal year to the day. Tony Khan at every turn failed to take leadership of the situation so did his executives. Now, there's some other stuff where apparently, all alleged, Punk was supposed to have a sit-down with Tony Khan and the Elite being uh, the Bucks, Kenny, and Adam Page. This was supposed to happen in Atlanta. I guess Punk is in Atlanta shooting some stuff for Heels, so that all makes sense. Which, by the way, Heels is a great show. I highly recommend it. Very entertaining. Um, but apparently, the meeting got canceled 
allegedly by the Bucks. So Punk's already in Atlanta. He says, screw it. I'm going to spend some time with my wife and dog, who are also in Atlanta, probably filming some stuff for Eels. Probably. Um, flies to London, gets off the plane. The car that was supposed to pick him up did not show. And the mm. number that he was given... Now, okay, so I've seen some people saying that Punk's being a prima donna. And it's like, well, I don't think so. Because this was all allegedly arranged. Now, imagine how pissy you would be from assuming he left from Atlanta, that's probably a seven, anywhere from five to eight hours. I'd have to check, but let's just call it a seven-hour flight because I know I know it's seven hours from JFK in New York to Paris, so we'll call it seven hours. Seven-hour flight after you're already kind of miffed because you were supposed to have this uh, meeting, and allegedly Punk had tried to reach out to them a couple of times to try to bury the hatchet. He was advised by legal counsel that no communication should happen because, you know, that's mature. Um, the meeting that you were supposed to have to bury the hatchet and then hopefully get to something that can make us all money or make them all money gets canceled. So you're already kind of miffed, but you're like, screw it. I'm going to get there. Then you get there and the car's not there. So, and then the number they gave him to call the car service apparently was bad. So he had to ride the subway into London, which he doesn't know how it works because every time he'd been to London before, he was with WWE and they have a bus. So, but fortunately, I guess there were a lot of fans there that helped him out and he got to the hotel just fine and then made his way to the arena. So you're already a little miffed, you know, but it's like, if nothing else happens, it's fine, it's whatever. But then Jack Perry pulls that bullshit. And I have to imagine in Punk's brain, he was like, I thought we were done with this. So, you know, and I've said it before in jest a little bit, talking about different topics, but, like, I usually say it with, like, contemporary anime fans. But it's like, some, some of these kids need bullied. <laughs> Agreeable. And I think CM Punk had a similar outlook. It's like, you know what? This little, this little tot needs... A little bit of bullying. He put him in a face lock. He didn't punch him. He didn't legitimately choke him out. Like, come on. And Tony Khan gets my Pussy of the Year award for saying with a straight face that he was afraid for the first time ever, apparently. Has he never seen a fight before? Yeah. Maybe he's been in the bubble the whole time. He does kind of look like the bubble boy from the movie. But anyway... Um, so yeah, Tony Khan gets my pussy of the year award for saying with a straight face that he was afraid for his security and his life. How, in what universe were you in any legitimate danger? For one thing, Samoa Joe was right there and I'm willing to bet that if things had gotten heated enough, Joe would have stepped in and ended that shit like that. Oh, yeah. Joe was probably laughing because it's the wrestler equivalent of giving him a noogie. You know, anymore it's kind of hard to look at Joe because then I think of Sweet Tooth from uh, Twisted Metal and I could just imagine him dancing to the thong song by Cisco. Actually, yeah, that would be that would be entertaining. And in the first, have you not seen Twisted Metal yet? Nah, I know, I know he's on it, but 
10 out of 10 recommend. It's hilarious. Like, everything he does in that movie is hilarious. Samoa Joe is actually a really funny dude. So I'm kind of... If I met Joe in real life, it just... I'd have to go buy a Cisco CD just for him to sign it. That would be marvelous. <laughs> um, so I think I think that's a pretty decent recap. So Punk goes there, this, that. Yeah. So now, what does the future hold for CM Punk? And it's worth noting that Jack Perry was not fired because here's the thing. I can understand the thought process of needing to make an example, especially after everything that's happened. Tony, you fired the wrong guy if you're only going to fire one guy. Yep. If you were going fu- to fire Punk, you should have fired Jack, too. But it was I, it was unprofessional from both ends. It was, but here's why I, I, I somewhat defend Punk here, because, again, I wasn't there. I would love to hear Punk's side of things, which, depending upon the legal situation... Um, we may or may not ever hear the real story, but I would love to hear it because I'm sure there's information. And here's the question I always, I have for this whole thing. Apparently there were security cameras everywhere. Where's the footage? True. Where is it? Because I guarantee you this was not a fight per se. I guarantee you this is punk puts him in a headlock and like, ah, you fucker. And Jungle Boy flailed his arms or something and knocked a monitor over. And Tony Khan screamed like a child. And I can imagine that. Well, and that's big talk. Consider. And then here's my favorite thing. So this is, and again, saw this on Twitter, but according to according to PW Flashlight, the AEW disciplinary committee members include. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, Matt Hardy, and head of talent relations, Christopher Daniels. So that disciplinary, and apparently this is so laughable. There was also an investigation. Why? Tony Khan was sitting right fucking there. Investigate what? He was fucking there. Like this whole thing is just reeks of lawyer speak, including his speech. And the fact that you do this right before, and I get why they wanted to come out ahead. Now, here's the other question. Do you think that they fired him because they didn't want him to just quit? It depends on how his contract is written. Yeah, I think so. That's that's the only... Because it's it's just so stupid. What did I I, t- I when I sent you that message on Facebook? I said all this for Jack fucking Perry. Which don't get me wrong, I like. I don't hate Jack Perry. I think he got on TV maybe a little too soon, but I mean he was doing good stuff. But I think I don't know where this prima donna thing came from. It's like no, dude. Like, sorry, not sorry. If you show up to a wrestling show and you're told you can't do this, then you don't do it. Yeah. Like, like, 
especially when you're at that part in the card. Now, I can see maybe MJF having a little play. I could see somebody like a Cena or a Roman Reigns or even a CM Punk having yeah. a little bit more leeway. The Bucks, Kenny, even Adam Page. I can see them having some leeway. Not Jungle Boy. And frankly, I got a major sense of entitlement from Jack Perry's antics because it's like, shut up. Exactly. You're, fortu- you're fortunate to even be on the Saturday night show, any show. So shut up, go to the ring, get your shit in, say thank you, and fucking leave. I don't I- understand what, this is why I want Punk's perspective. Because yeah. none of this none of this makes any logical sense. There are pieces missing. Because I can't believe that a room full of adults, well, mostly adults, came to this. Barry. Yeah, adults and Jack Barry. Like, I just don't understand. And it's... Oh, go ahead. There's too many... There's too many words from different mouths of how it went down. That's but why my, I, oh, sorry, I agree with the whole Tony Khan thing. Like, Tony Khan's literally right there. He's seen everything that happened. So unless this is, this is just a shoot to get CM Punk time off, then why? I mean, I'm still holding out hope that it's, it's a work, but I don't... I don't see it... Like, it would be so cheap, though, if Punk showed up at All Out tonight, but... That would be hilarious. No, it wouldn't. It would be so stupid, because it doesn't make any sense. Why would you even go through the bullshit booking of that? Oh, by the way, Miro defeated Powerhouse Hobbs. Nailed that one right on the coffin. (laughs) Um... But here's because I'm looking at all this and I don't want to I didn't want it to immediately because punk is problematic here. Let's not mince words. Punk is problematic because he's now. But what we don't know is all we don't know all the little things that ended up that led up to this because we know about the hangman promo, which frankly, hangman should have been penalized for that. But he wasn't. We know about the elite going into their locker room with I would like to remind everyone with the head of legal for the company, along with three, the only three EVPs, and get into an altercation. Because I said yeah, when that, oh. and then they all got suspended. Is Jack Perry? Did Jack Perry even get suspended? I haven't seen anything official, but he's not been on TV, so I would imagine so. Maybe quietly suspended. Um, but here, just reviewing some facts to at, offer context, because, again, we don't have the entire story. So the chief lawyer and the three executives go into... I said at the time, I don't care if Punk hit him first. They should not have done that, period. Doesn't mean Punk's excused. But from a legal standpoint, too, Punk's not really the main culprit there. And again, it all goes back to Tony Khan because, oh, sure, they suspended them. Big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. I guarantee they were still in the back. 
Well, theoretically not, but Punk certainly wasn't there. But regardless, so then we have this. Jack Perry at no point, at least not that I'm aware, was reprimanded for his actions. So of course he's going to take it further. Where was the disciplinary meeting when, you know, he was mouthing off to the the agents, Tony Schiavone, Punk? You know, where was the discipline for that? And then where was the discipline? He should have immediately, I listened to Jim Cornette, but I was thinking the same thing. This is what should have happened. As soon as Jungle Boy did that, Tony looks over at Punk and says, Hey, Punk, I'm going to take care of this. Don't engage with him when he comes back. In fact, if you could do me a solid, I'm asking a favor. If you could do me a solid and kind of just chill out over there outside of his purview, as soon as he comes back, I'm going to deal with this. And then after your match, we're going to have a sit down and we're going to go over this. But go out there, have a great match with Joe, and we'll sort all this bullshit out when you're done. While Punk is having his match, which this and Tony Khan should have been pissed, but we all know Tony Khan's incapable of being pissed unless he's talking about WWE. Um, While this is happening, he looks, Jack, go to the locker room. You will be reprimanded and punished for that. Go to the locker room and do not come out. Treat him like a kid who's being put in timeout. Then when Punk's match is over, you say, okay, I, as the head booker, owner, president, CEO, and creator of this company, now have to leave the live monitor on a pay-per-view and go deal with the child while my show is going on because he doesn't know better than to not mouth off to the top drawing star in the whole fucking company. Exactly. So, you go into the meeting, and this is assuming that there was no altercation, but let's assume that there was somehow. You sit them both down. You say, Punk, I, like, you shouldn't have put him in a face lock. Like, like, you shouldn't have done that, so just, before we leave, you two are going to shake hands, you're going to make up, and then one of you is going to get the fuck out of here. Yep. And you turn to... Them both home. What's that? that day. I said I would have sent them both home that day. Or at least back to the hotel and be like, and, yeah. and you two are forbidden from being in the same room with each other until we see each other on fucking Wednesday or Saturday or whatever. Yeah. You know, I but then you... But then you chew Jungle Boy Jack Perry out and be like, you're fucking lucky to even be here. So you just need... I I would have suspended him, frankly. Yeah. If not outright fired him. Now, I'm a little... I'm a softy. Probably wouldn't have fired him. It depends on what the exchange was, honestly. But he would know. It's like, if you pull anything like this again ever to anyone not just punk if you get snarky and take liberties on the air you're gone sorry there's a lot of stuff going on around no, me right now you're good you're good do you have to get off at a certain time uh yeah 9 45 is my point so actually i want to get to what we think is going to happen with punk going future um again I quite, sorry no. I quite frankly don't think he's going to show up in WWE. I really don't think he is. And I only say that 
because Triple H wants to do what's best for business. Now, if CM Punk didn't leave on bad terms from AEW, we, we, okay, if he didn't leave bad terms from WWE and then he didn't leave on bad terms from AEW, I think there would have been a, more of a chance for Punk to come back. But now that Punk is leaving on bad terms with AEW, I think his, his chances just went even way slimmer. I have a theory, and it kind of touches on that. I think, and this depends on the non-compete, but I think there's enough time. I think we might see Punk at the Royal Rumble. No, and, if it's a one-off, I could see that. Well, but here, there's two reasons. One, it's there's going to be speculation, and it'll get a giant pop. It's also a chance to see how the crowd reacts to Punk in WWE. It gives you a chance to see how the back reacts to Punk in WWE. And then maybe you can... Well, whole new um, competitors back there, right? But well, and it's worth noting, Punk was seen backstage at Raw prior, and he was asked to leave, but that was by Vince for obvious reasons. But I think Punk would be welcome back there. The real question is: Is will Punk want to go back to WWE, or will Punk even want to wrestle again? Because I'll be honest, after all this, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, "Fuck it," calls it quits. It's like, I should have kept my boots hung up. Because from, from Punk's perspective, it's like, I came back, they asked me to come back, I thought I was going to change wrestling for the better. Turns out, it's still the petty, immature bullshit that I was dealing with over there. And granted, Punk's part of that problem, particularly in WWE, but he had some legitimate grievances. He had a lot of legitimate grievances. And that's what I think people aren't... So, like, I know it's easy to look at it and be like, Punk's the common denominator with all these problems. Until, how much of this stuff comes out like 10, 15 years later in shoot interviews? As opposed to Punk, who just said it all at the time. Yeah. So, I, I again, I think Punk could probably be a little bit more agreeable, but let's be real here. Top drawing person in AEW got them their first over a million viewers since their debut episode. Top merchandise seller in the entire company, by far. Like, I mean, that guy gets a little bit more leeway. It's been that way in wrestling since the beginning. In fact, it's not as bad now as it once was. Hulk Hogan could get somebody fired just because he didn't like the guy. I've heard stories of that from other people. Well, Shawn Michaels did it. <laughs> like, I don't know if he got anybody fired, but he got people knocked down lower on the card from what I understand. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that Punk would have been willing to work with Jungle Jack, but not with that attitude. That's what they should have done. They should have just made an angle out of it. Just like they should have made an angle out of the Elite. Well, I think they were going to, but, and this is why, this is, I put my tinfoil hat on, I think the Bucks are behind all this bullshit, and here's why. I guess uh, Matt did that stupid victory lap after Collision was over. Hmm. Why? And it's kind of like how they made fun of Punk the first week they were back on TV after their suspension. Like, Really? Punk's the immature one? Okay. 
At least he has the balls to hit somebody in the fucking face. True. And it sucks because AEW could be bigger than it is if they would, if multiple parties would just get over themselves. But I don't think AEW is going to die necessarily, but I think it's going to do a slow decline because, I mean, without Punk, without Punk, their Saturday ratings are going to go way down. Yeah. Dynamite's going to continue on a quasi-downward spiral, and Rampage is just going to be Rampage. So, we will see, but I will say this. Collision was rough. I fell asleep on my couch. It was quite de-boring. I didn't watch Collision. Well, I knew Punk wasn't going to be on there, but I wanted to watch the announcement and see if anybody did anything cute in regards yeah. to Punk, thinking that they were clever. I was also curious if Jungle Boy was going to be on there, but he was not. So I think he might have been shadow suspended. But listen, I know you got to leave, buddy. So anything to add on Punk? Uh, none at all. Alrighty. Well, thank you, everyone, for enjoying this episode of Down the Middle. Hope you enjoyed it. And in honor of this nonsense, on the next episode, we're going to go back in time to what I would argue is the second best period of wrestling ever, 2018, for the first All In, the one that started it all. We're finally going to do our breakdown of All In. So I think I sent you the link, but if not, I can send it to you again so you can watch it, have it fresh in your mind. Call them the shot in two weeks, two Sundays from now. We're going to be doing that regardless of what's going on in the wrestling world. But as always, please like, share, and subscribe. And thank you again for joining us. If you've got a podcast idea, check out the RTA Podcast Network, or don't, totally up to you. And uh, if you'd prefer to listen to the podcast rather than watch it, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Amazon, iHeartRadio, all the audio streaming platforms are on there. And we will see you guys in two weeks.